You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning, saints of God. We are back and we are still learning how to pray. And we've been praying since we were saved. We were praying since we found out about Jesus. But um, as we grow in the Lord, we also grow in knowledge and understanding, right? We grow in wisdom, glory to the name of the Lord. So we are learning uh, more information on how to pray. We're learning how to deepen our prayer life. We're learning good nuggets to add to what we already know. Amen. Amen. So, so far we've learned that we need to pray in Christ. We also learned that we need to pray intimately and considerately. And these things we found out based upon John 15, 5 through 8, 1 John 5, 14 through 15, and also Psalm 141, 1 through 3. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving us exactly what we need in this season. Thank you for giving us exactly what we need for what we are encountering and what we are going through. Thank you, Lord, for those of your children who are fasting. Thank you, Father, for telling them the precise way that you want them to approach you. We honor you. We thank you. We love you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you speak through me by your spirit of revelation and that you would speak to your children everything that they need to hear, God, beyond what they wanted to hear, beyond what they thought they would hear. Speak to them, God, what they need to hear to change their prayer lives, to change their life with you, to really upgrade their fasting life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you know we are going through some serious warfare. You see the things that are going on around us, but we thank you that your word says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you so much, Father, that we have overcome through you. Thank you in the name of Jesus that you have given us the victory and that we already possess the things that we're praying for. And Lord, through our faith, we keep knocking and we will stay persistent knowing, hallelujah, that you have exactly what we want and you have exactly what we need. And we trust you to release it in due season and in your perfect timing. You are holy. You are great. You are mighty. You are beautiful. We honor you. We love you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I thank the Lord. I really do. Today is a blessed day and um, it's a blessed day for all of us because we're alive. We know who Jesus is. We are learning about him. You know, we could look around and say, well, this isn't right and that isn't right. But listen, God is right. Hallelujah. And if you're in Christ, then everything is just all right. Hallelujah. And whatever you see that's not perfect, God will make it all right. Hallelujah. And we thank him for his great and precious promises. Hallelujah. So um, we are going to continue to learn how to pray. Now this one, we kind of touched on it in 1 John 5 and 14 when it spoke about this is the confidence that we have before him. But the Holy Spirit really laid on my heart for point three, that we need to pray confidently. We need to pray when we come to God, we need to come to him in complete 
confidence, okay? So turn with me to Hebrews 4 and 16. And again, I'm going to be reading the Berean Study Bible for this lesson. All right, Hebrews 4 and 16. Let's do this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that again. Let us then approach the throne of grace. Hallelujah. We are approaching the throne of grace. Can we just pause right there? And you all have probably heard me say it before. We're not approaching the throne of drama. We are not approaching the throne of shame. We are not approaching the throne of condemnation. We are not approaching the throne of guilt. We are not approaching the throne of any negative thing. We're not approaching the throne of rejection. We are approaching the throne of grace. My God. And we've learned about grace through these podcasts that it's God extending himself towards you. He's like leaning into your life. That's God's grace. He is giving you favor that you didn't earn or deserve. He is giving you the ability to make it through situations and overcome sin in your life. These are all the things that um, God's grace offers to us. But more than anything, it is him extending himself, saying, what do you need? What do you want? Y'all, I can just get so excited thinking about this because not only did he save our souls, but the God we serve is so amazing that he doesn't stop there. He will give us all things freely through Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, that has to make you happy. That has to encourage you. If you believe that, you should be encouraged. Listen to this. We are approaching the throne of grace. God is sitting on his throne. And when he sees you approaching and that's you opening your mouth, getting ready to start praying, he starts leaning in. That's his grace. He starts extending himself to you. Glory to God. And so how do we do this when God is literally sitting on his throne and he sees you and he starts just to lean in towards you? He's listening. He says, listen, I want you to touch me. I want to touch you. Whatever it is that you need, I'm about to impart it. I'm going to hear your voice when you call to me. Glory to God. I'm listening to you. You are going to receive from my hand. I'm leaning in towards you, right? And how do we do this? Do we do this with shame? Do we do this with doubt? When we are literally approaching the throne of grace, how can you approach it full of doubt? How can you approach it with no faith? How can you approach it with a mind of rejection? No, the Bible says, let us then approach this beautiful, miraculous throne of grace that our God is seated upon with confidence. Okay. Holy Spirit is just so adamant about this, that when we approach the father, 
We must approach him with confidence. We must know that he is. And we must know that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Thank you, Jesus. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Considering everything we know about who we serve, how can, if we really believe it, how can we approach his throne with any other mindset? Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that, listen to this, this is the result. It says, so that. So what that implies is that if we are not approaching God's throne with confidence in who he is, in what he's going to do, in what we already possess, then we may not receive what it is that we're in need of. This is why before we start talking about why we're praying, we need to talk about how to pray. Because we don't want to hit and miss going to God, thinking that God doesn't like us, thinking that God is angry with us, ashamed before him, thinking that he's rejecting us, thinking that we're guilty, thinking that he's condemning us. Absolutely not. We are approaching the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Lord Jesus, I know you're not praying because you don't need something. I know you're not praying because you don't need mercy. So this is teaching you how to pray. You go to him with confidence so that you can receive. We can stop it right there, right? Approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive, period. So if you're going to approach him, expecting something. If you're going to approach him with some type of expectation for him to respond and answer you, you need to approach him with confidence. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let me tell you something. I know y'all not turning down your plates and beseeching heaven for nothing. This is a time of need for you. What you need to be doing is going before the Lord with confidence. Remember what we found out in 1 John 5 verse 15, that we already possess the things that we're asking. If we're asking according to God's will, how do we ask things according to God's will? We know his will because we are in him. And so when we go to him, we can go with confidence. We go to him with confidence. And let me tell you something. If you say, well, Tiffany, I done slipped up and I'm not too sure whether or not I'm really in Christ. Listen, God doesn't change and neither does his word. You still go before him in confidence because even though you mess up, God does not. You approach him with confidence. Have confidence in the flesh? Absolutely not. Your flesh will absolutely fail you. Your, fl your flesh will fight you and fight Jesus. Your flesh is not a game. You don't have to have confidence in what you're capable of doing. You have confidence in God when you approach him, knowing that apart from him, you can do nothing. But in him, you can do all things because he's the one who gives you the strength to do these things. Amen. So you approach his throne of grace with confidence so that you can receive. You don't approach him with shame and rejection and guilt and thinking that he's Satan and that he's condemning you and trying to set you up. 
That's not how you receive, okay? I'm trying to tell you how to pray and how to get some answers. You want to be a sharpshooter in the realm of the spirit. Amen? Amen. All right. So point one was how to pray in Christ. And this is what we learned in part one. Point two, which we also learned in part one, how to pray intimately and considerately. Now today in part two, we're learning number three, <laughs> confidently. I hope I didn't confuse y'all. We pray with confidence. Okay. That's how we pray. How to pray confident, confidently. Now let's move on. We're moving on to point four. Okay. So point one in Christ, point two, intimately and considerately point three, confidently point four, how to pray, how to pray. We pray using God's word. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit for this lesson. So we pray using God's word because what is more powerful and effective than the word of God? Come on, name something. You can't name one thing. God's word will get it done. God's word will pinpoint it, take it out, uh, slice it up, divide it, hammer it, and all that stuff. Turn with me to Ephesians 6 and 17. Ephesians 6 and 17. Ephesians 6 and 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So why do we pray using God's word? Because it is a powerful weapon that can cut down whatever the enemy is trying to do. So let's say you are believing God for financial release. Yes, absolutely. You can say, Jesus, I, I need these finances for this particular reason. I need this money because, you know, I need to pay my bills or there's something extra that I want to do, or I want to be able to do this for my children, or I want to surprise my wife with this gift, whatever it is. I need a new car. You can absolutely pray like that. But I'm just telling y'all, when you open up your mouth and you say, God, you said that you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You said that the silver and gold belongs to you. You said that the ones who are able to ascend to the hill of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart who have not lifted up their soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully would receive the blessing from the Lord. God you said that your blessings make rich and add no sorrow with it. I'm asking you to simply do what you said you would do in my life. For those of us who are faithful tithers and we give our offerings, God, you said to try you and to see if you would not open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that I don't have room enough to receive. God, I'm faithful with my tithing and my offering. Release your word upon my life in Jesus name. There is nothing more powerful y'all than opening up your mouth in agreement with what God has already said. Come on here, come on here. This is his will. Remember we're in Christ, we're praying according to his will, we're gonna get what we want. Well, that's his word. So that's his will. 
So now you need to release that sword and start cutting against every demon of poverty, every demon of lack, every thief that is coming to steal what's yours, every blocking spirit, every hindering spirit, every spirit of delay. You need to start releasing that word against every devouring spirit that is attempting to come into your life or has come into your life and your family and all of that. No, release the word of God. How to pray? Point four, using God's word. That's how. That's how. Ephesians 6 and 17, get to cutting at them demons. Get to cutting at that warfare. That's your sword. That's your weapon. God's word. Hallelujah. You're sick in your body. You can say, Lord, you said by your stripes, I am healed. You said healing is the children's bread. Come on. Tell him what he said. That's his word. Release that into the, um, into the realm of the spirit. And if you don't want to say it back to God, like God, you said, you can just say the word of God declares or just declare it over your life by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I am healed. Go ahead on and just declare those things over yourself. Hallelujah. But I do, I do both. Okay. I make my confessions according to the word of God. And I also say, God, you said, Come on. This is what you said, Jesus. I'm just saying what you said. And Lord knows he responds to a lot of things, but he's definitely going to respond to what he's said. Come on. That's when you know how people say, now you're speaking my language. That's what Jesus says when you start saying that word like that. Oh, that's my language. I hear that. That's what I said. The, repeat that thing and decree that thing. Let's establish that thing right now. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12. This is what we all know. We all know this one, right? Amen. Come on. Verse 12, it says, for the word of God is living and active. So when you're saying that, you're not just, when you're saying the word of God over your situation, you're not just decreeing something poetic or Shakespearean or anything like that, or, you know, that beautiful old English, that archaic language. You're not just declaring that over your life because it sounds good. You are releasing something that is alive and active. It is active. That means it is moving. That means it is doing something. It is putting things together. It is alive. It is breathing. It is aware. This is the word of God. And what does our father say um, about his word? That it does not return to him void. That it accomplishes whatever he sent it out to do. Now, if you start repeating what God has already sent out and you're repeating that thing over your life, what's more powerful than that, y'all? The word of God is living and active. It's not dead and it's not dormant. The word of God is living and it is active. It is working on your behalf. When you are praying, point four, how to pray, use God's word. Okay. His word is at work on your behalf. Listen to what it says. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow, marrow, excuse me, it says that this word will cut through your soulless prayer, soulish prayers, and it will take your prayers deep into the realm of the spirit. This word will remove all, all carnality from your prayers, and you will be praying with a precise, sharp, 
living, active weapon. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what the word of God does. When you're praying, when you're praying, it's like, and this is, we're like peeping or peering into our next point. So I won't go too far there as far as the heart goes. But when you're praying the word of God, it begins to open up the intents of every word that you're speaking. That's why you want to be praying the word of God, because those intentions are pure. Those intentions are righteous. Okay. So it's not that you can't add in whatever you want to add in and pray from your heart. Remember, we pray with consideration, but the power is in God's word. So yes, use his word in warfare. Use his word when you're asking him for something. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Jeremiah 23 and we're going to do verse 29. And in all of these scriptures, I'm reading the Berean study Bible. So this is Jeremiah verse 23. No, excuse me, chapter 23, pardon me, verse 29. Okay, listen to what the Lord says. Is not my word like fire? Wait a minute, let's pause right there. So now we understand that God's word is a sword, but now we also know God's word is like fire. Jesus, we need to release the fire of God's word upon our enemies, upon these stubborn spirits, upon our situations, upon the confusion. We need to release the fire of God to burn up, consume, and destroy everything that's in the path of uh, us getting to the answer to our prayer. Amen? We need to get to our answer and we have to release the word of God to burn up everything that is trying to block us from getting there. Okay. So this is why we release the word because it starts cutting up stuff and it starts burning up stuff. Okay. When we're praying how to pray, you pray using God's word. Why? Because his word is sharper than any two edged sword, right? And his word is like fire. Okay. And then listen to what else it says. He says, it's not my word like fire declares the Lord. And listen, in like a hammer that smashes a rock. Now, let me tell y'all something. I deal with hammers. Okay. I, I you know, I'm not like a, a handy woman or anything like that as far as being a, it being my profession, but I'm a pretty handy woman around my house. You know, I got to do what I got to do. Amen. Now, that's a hard hammer that can break a rock. I mean, like, listen, I done seen hammers, you know, they're a little heavy. Maybe they can put a dent in a wall. But when your hammer is hard enough to break up a rock, that's a supernatural hammer. God is saying, no matter how hard the situation is, my word being released upon that situation can tear that thing up. It can crush that thing. It can break the hardest thing into pieces. Woo. Mm, Lord. Now that excites me. Do y'all have any hard situations? <laughs> like, do you have any rocky situations? Do you have any situations that are as hard as a rock? <laughs> 
honey, if you saying, Lord, this is hard. If you're saying, Lord, this is difficult. God says, use my word on that thing because my word is like a hammer that smashes a rock. Okay. Forget your little, um, what's that stuff? Plywood and, um, sheet rock and all that stuff. No, no, no. This word is like a hammer that smashes rocks. Do you know what something smashed up looks like? That thing is crushed, mangled. You can't even really recognize it as what it once was when something gets smashed. God says, I will do that to that situation when you put my word on it. Put the word of God on whatever it is. Hallelujah. God's word will smash it. Hallelujah. Yes. So what do we learn? What do we learn? How to pray. We are using God's word. That's point four. God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts. God's word is like fire. It burns and consumes. God's word is like a hammer that crushes and smashes. This is why we use the word of God when we are praying. Y'all going to get my spirit happy. And then I'm going to start speaking in tongues. Okay. I'm just get, I'm just letting y'all know. This is what y'all about to do. Okay. So that was point four. Now we are moving on to our fifth and final point for this lesson. How to pray. Point five. Holy Spirit wanted me to release this point to you. He says, pray with an open heart. Listen. A lot of the times when we go into prayer and we want to attack things, okay, um, it can be very easy for us to overlook some of our own issues that may be blocking why our prayers have not been as effective. So God's desire is to answer your prayers. He says, you already possess that thing. I want to release it into your life, but I need you to come to me with an open heart. So that I can correct some things before I give it to you. So I can fix some things for you. So that I can teach you patience and to wait. Hallelujah. While I am perfecting these situations. Come to me with an open heart. So that I can do work on you. And you're not just victorious in prayer. But personally tore up. Okay. You know. I don't know what father would see a child that is just need a need of help in need of revelation in need of understanding in need of comfort in need of healing and say, you know what? I'm going to overlook all of those things because they can't see it. They don't know how messed up they are and they just need money from me. Okay. Or they just want me to hook them up with somebody. They ready for their spouse, whatever. God is not going to do that. He wants you to come to him with an open heart. Okay. So I just want to lift up this scripture out of lamentations the second chapter, the 19th verse. And this is the B clause of that scripture, but I'll read it from, matter of fact, I'll just read the B clause. It says, pour out your heart like water in the presence of God. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. God says, come to him with an open heart. Come to him with an empty heart ready and willing to receive whatever it is the master needs to say to you, wants to impart into you. Sometimes we go into prayer and we want to pray about one thing and the Lord is like, wait, 
I need to talk to you about this. So when we're talking about how to pray, it's good for you to be strategic and to know what you want to pray for and to use the word of God. And you have to be in Christ and you want to pray um, intimately and considerately, but you have to do these things with an open heart. God sees your heart and God wants all of it. So you have to allow the Lord as you are going through your warfare, as you are making your decrees, as you are in this in in this um, battle that you're engaged in, make sure that your heart is open so that God can actually do work on you, not just in your life, but on you. Remember, God says um, in the 15th chapter of John that you will bear much fruit when you are in him. And this is for the glory of the father. Now, how can God get glory? If we're not really right and we just have stuff that he answered our prayers um, concerning. No, no. We see people like that and we say, man, you know, they're blessed, but yeah, they have a lot. But and when it comes to the children of God, we don't want that. But OK, we want to be perfected in our hearts and in every other area in our life. So as we're praying for the Lord to fix things, make sure that you're open to what God wants to fix in you. Make sure that you already don't have all the answers and you're open to hearing what God is saying concerning whatever it is that you are going through or are in need of. Because guess what? Sometimes God may say, okay, I heard you on that, but I want you to put that on the back burner right now. I want you to, I want you to have it. You already possess it, all of that good stuff. Put that on the back burner because there's something more important that I want to work with you on. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let's let's just recapitulate those points. Um, how to pray, okay? We pray in Christ. We pray, uh, point two, intimately and considerately. Point three, we pray confidently. Point four, we pray using God's word. Point five, we pray with an open heart. I'm glad you got your strategy, but God has one better. Do you hear me? And sometimes the things that we are focused on in a particular season is not what God wants for us. We have to be in him. Remember, yield it to him, obeying him, heart open, heart poured out like water before him. Amen. Amen. I pray that y'all are encouraged in Jesus name. And I just want to seal this, this lesson and what we've learned today with um, some good old prayer. Father, in Jesus name, thank you for everything you've released. Thank you for maturing us in our prayer life, Lord. Thank you in the name of Jesus that there's no good thing that you'll withhold from those who walk uprightly before you. Thank you for all the work that you are doing in my siblings. Thank you, hallelujah, that is not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit. Thank you for perfecting everything that concerns us. Hallelujah. Thank you that there's no good thing that you will withhold from those who walk uprightly before you. Thank you. You're the one who has called us and you are going to do it. You are faithful and we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As your word says, faithful is he who has called you. Who will also do it god we we count you to be faithful and we know according to your word that you're going to do it 
everything we need to be done, everything that you've promised, everything that you've said, everything that your word decrees over us, you are going to do it. That deliverance, God, your word says you have come to set the captives free and that when we call upon you, you would deliver us. Hallelujah. That you would answer us, that you would show us great and mighty things. We believe you for our deliverance. We believe you for our answers. We believe you for our healing. We believe you for our increase. We believe you for everything that we need. We love you. We thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And I stand in agreement, Father, in the name of Jesus, with each and every person listening. Hallelujah. According to your word, that whatever we touch and agree on, you would do it. Hallelujah. I'm touching and I am agreeing with them concerning their prayer requests according to your will, God. In the name of Jesus, I believe that we already possess it. And I ask you, God, to hasten your word to perform it in our lives. Glory to the name of the Lord. You are great. You are mighty. And we seal these prayers with the blood of Jesus. Jesus, we're praying this in your name. Glory to the Lamb of God. Amen.